I am so excited to announce that I have released the first official tarot diagnosis spread book. Tarot and self-discovery is a therapeutic tarot journey with over 200 spreads, including over 152 card prompts and over 50 robust tarot spreads. You can purchase a physical copy on Amazon or a digital copy at thetarotdiagnosis.com. You're listening to The Tarot Diagnosis. I'm your host, Shannon. I'm a licensed psychotherapist, and I also happen to have a love for tarot. Each episode, I invite you to reflect with me as I work to demystify the tarot and the human experience, all while exploring tarot's connection to mental and emotional health. While this podcast may feel therapeutic, it is not meant to take the place of psychotherapy. So grab your cards and join me as I work to create a pathway to better understand ourselves and those around us. Hello, and welcome back to a new year of the Tarot Diagnosis Podcast. It is officially 2024, and next month will somehow be three years since this podcast was born, and it still feels like it was maybe a few months ago that it all began. It's been wild to see how the Tarot Diagnosis has grown and transformed since its inception, and I feel like you all have really helped me infuse new energy into the space, and it feels so invigorating to have the opportunity to continue offering the podcast and these therapeutic perspectives on the tarot for all of you. So thank you so much for being here and finding value in this project. There is a lot happening this year from an incredible roster of guests scheduled for the podcast to epic workshops and guest classes inside the membership community, the symposium, to some exciting workshop offerings for the greater community at large. So keep an eye out for all of these announcements on Instagram and by signing up to receive email updates. And when you sign up to get email updates, you also get an exclusive tarot spread each week to accompany that week's episode. We are kicking off 2024 by continuing our exploration of the Major Arcana, and today is all about temperance. But since it's also a new year and specifically a strength year, I'll be talking about how these two cards might work together as well. Let's get into it. So temperance represents the art of mastering this delicate balancing act of creating harmony within ourselves. And this pursuit involves navigating away from extremes or cognitive distortions like all or nothing thinking and centering our focus on the dialectical experience of duality. (laughs) That's kind of redundant, but it's true. (laughs) Temperance is the epitome of acknowledging that we can have two very different experiences, feelings, or thoughts all at once. And I feel like this is really what temperance embodies. So if we look at this through the lens of dialectical behavior therapy, One of DBT's main goals is to honor that two things can be true at the same time. For example, we can feel immense rage about something that's happening to to us or around us, and yet also feel the desire to seek calmness and serenity. We can be disappointed at our partners and still deeply love and care about them. We can enjoy the mysticism of tarot and still practice from a secular perspective. I could go on with examples, but I'm sure you get the idea. Because temperance embodies the process of blending these seemingly opposing forces, we can think of this archetype as one of a transformative inner alchemy. And this alchemical operation serves as a foundation or groundwork 
that's necessary for our continued journey through life and for us to continue climbing that ladder towards self-actualization. If we take a look at the imagery, especially in the traditional Rider-Waite-Smith depictions, there's the figure typically represented by an angel that has one foot on land and the other in water, symbolizing the human experience of craving stability, but existing in the often unstable realm of our emotional landscape. Straddling both dry land and water can be a metaphor for integrating different aspects of the self, acknowledging both the grounded, practical side, as well as the emotional and intuitive parts. From a psychological perspective, we can apply this card to the concept of self and emotional regulation. Self-regulation involves managing our thoughts, emotions, and behaviors in a way that aligns with our needs and our values. Just as temperance encourages finding a middle ground and avoiding extremes, self-regulation involves finding a balance and middle ground between our reactivity or impulsivity and also restraint and collectedness. Applying the concept of self-regulation to temperance is about integrating different parts of ourselves, reconciling these conflicting emotions or desires, and then working to maintain equilibrium in the face of challenges or temptations. A challenge we can often face here is how to embrace temperance without gaslighting ourselves or falling into toxic positivity, avoidance behaviors, or bypassing type behaviors. So I was recently working with someone on their reactivity and feelings of overwhelm. They wanted so desperately not to be reactive and instead find ways to regulate their emotions. So as we work to integrate appropriate regulation tools for them, I was also facilitating an exploration into where their reactivity was coming from. Because if we don't hold space for the reactivity, then it's kind of like putting a Band-Aid on a wound that really needs stitches. <laughs> it's, it's not going to do much <laughs> or it takes maybe twice as long to heal and the process probably isn't going to be very pleasant. Temperance is the ultimate holding space card. The, the figure is literally holding two cups and allowing the contents to be blended and share space with one another. Historically, the image here represents the diluting of wine and water. I like the idea of temperance as having the ability to dilute something. Think about times when you get so heated or overwhelmed that you feel like you have no control over anything except to sit and stew in the muck of what's bothering you. Then imagine stepping into the scene of temperance. What would it look like if this archetype offered you a potion of dilution? What ingredients would be present to help calm your nervous system while also holding space to validate your intense response? Answers to questions like these are going to vary because they're dependent upon each person and their unique situation. And our answers to these types of questions are going to vary based on the day and how we're feeling and what we need. This takes us back to the psychology of temperance and creating a gray area where it was once maybe rooted in black and white thinking. The goal here isn't to eliminate or invalidate, but to find a way to coexist with our internal oppositions more peacefully. So with all of that said, if 
temperance were a form of psychotherapy, it would likely be a combination of acceptance and commitment therapy, ACT, and dialectical behavior therapy, DBT. So ACT focuses on accepting what is beyond one's control while committing to actions that still align with our personal values. So there's a lot of values work that goes into acceptance and commitment therapy. It also emphasizes mindfulness, taking committed action towards those values that I was talking about, and doing so even when we are faced with challenging and difficult and maybe even painful emotions or thoughts. This goes back to the blending I was talking about with the temperance card. So temperance, with its emphasis on balance and finding the middle ground, really aligns with ACT's core principles. And just as temperance advocates for that equilibrium, ACT encourages individuals to find balance and an approach of handling their thoughts and emotions in a way that allows them to coexist with those thoughts and emotions without being overwhelmed by them. So if we look back at the traditional imagery of temperance, we're not pouring out the contents of one cup and replacing that cup with the contents of another. Both contents are allowed to exist with each other. They're allowed to exist together and and move from one cup to another and blend and mix. And this goes back to when I was talking about the word dilute. So if in one cup we have our all or nothing thinking and our really intense emotions, and then in the other cup we have the tools that maybe we're practicing in our self-discovery journey or in therapy or just in our own self-healing experience, when we pour them together, that's when the blending occurs. And that's when there's there's the alchemy that we talk about with temperance. It's not that we are invalidating or eliminating. We're allowing them both to exist together, which means the intensity that existed in one cup is going to be slightly lessened now that we've allowed it to mix with some of the personal work that we're doing. This really describes how the symbolism in temperance as well as acceptance and commitment therapy promote the idea of accepting and integrating different parts of ourselves in order to achieve that inner harmony I was talking about in the beginning of the episode. So now if we move to dialectical behavior therapy, DBT focuses on finding, again, a balance between acceptance and change. And it also incorporates mindfulness and emotional regulation, but also distress tolerance and interpersonal effectiveness skills. And this modality really encourages us to recognize the extremes in thinking, you know, that all or nothing, black and white, cognitive distortion, and helps us figure out a middle path. So if ACT is really the blending, DBT might focus more on the imagery where the angel is firmly planted on the ground with one foot, yet also having their foot in the water and understanding how to exist in both worlds. So temperance encourages, again, that moderation and harmony, which reflects the DBT principle of finding that middle ground between our polarized thoughts and emotions. Both of these ideas, DBT and temperance, emphasize the importance of acknowledging and integrating conflicting parts of ourselves, which foster this sense of balance and stability, ultimately. 
I think this card can easily fall flat when we only speak about it in terms of balance because temperance isn't only about creating a sense of balance between two opposing forces. And I think in order to step away from that, that balanced moderation definition and interpretation that we get really comfortable with, we have to look at, especially in the Rider-Waite-Smith imagery, the symbol of the triangle on the angel's chest. Historically, triangles have represented enlightenment, and in tarot, the triangle has been known to represent spirituality or harmony among mind, body, and spirit. With everything that we've explored thus far, we could conclude that this added layer of symbolism is representing that pursuit of self-actualization, where we achieve alignment between our thoughts, our emotions, and maybe even our spiritual experience. The triangle is also an encouragement to seek a perspective beyond ourselves and look for a deeper understanding beyond that binary nature of our thought process or our emotional experience or maybe even our our reactivity. It invites us to contemplate the interconnectedness of opposition within ourselves and the world around us. And it helps define the idea that Wisdom is not just about figuring out how to balance what's happening in our life, but embrace the idea of blending and merging all of our parts and all of our oppositions and all of our inherent duality. In the realm of therapy, the triangle could represent the idea of integrating various therapeutic approaches. It could also signify a synthesis of these different modalities, perspectives, and tools that help facilitate our growth and our healing. And if you think about a triangle in terms of psychology and therapeutic modalities, triangles are used a lot, especially to explore our thoughts, our behaviors, and our actions. To take this imagery and its interpretation one step further, the triangle's orientation on the angel's chest is pointing upwards which we could say represents an ascension of some kind or the journey towards self-actualization or maybe even Maslow's hierarchy of needs. From a deeper perspective, I like thinking that the triangle might also suggest that it's permission to embrace the alchemy of temperance and a sign of permission to move beyond any of the self-imposed limitations we've set for ourselves, Because when we think about self-imposed limitations, they exist on a binary. So it's either one or the other. But the triangle with its three points gives us permission to explore a third option that is outside of the binary. When we give ourselves permission to do this, that's when we ultimately reach a heightened state of self-awareness and situational awareness where we're better able to navigate the complexities of our life, our relationships, and all of the different parts within ourselves with a bit more clarity and grace. So I want to bring the strength card in now because 2024 is the year of the strength card. So last month in the symposium, we focused on the idea of self-compassion. And one of the tools I recommended people try using was adding the phrase, and that's okay. After they express a feeling or explore an experience, they are typically hard on themselves for. So an example of this might be, I'm so distracted today. 
And that's okay. This is another example of the blending that temperance offers us. We're not existing in an if-then space. We're existing in a both-and space, which takes so much pressure off of us. If we're typically hard on ourselves for getting distracted, then we might shame ourselves and get irritated, which is then just going to spike our cortisol levels, which is going to increase the stress that we feel and make it even more difficult for us to get back on track. Whereas adding the phrase, and that's okay, takes a ton of weight and shame off of being distracted and means we're less likely to stay in that heightened state and less likely to continue to feel dysregulated. So this is where the strength card really shines. And this is not easy, by the way. It has taken me years and years to get to this point where I allow myself to step into the world of temperance and let that alchemical process work its magic. And sometimes I still walk into that realm digging my heels in because I just don't want to do the work. And that's okay. The lion here looks tense. His tail's between his legs. His body is stretched and arched. His eyes are alert. But he's allowing the process of prying his mouth open to happen. So all of this to say, your process of embodying temperance does not need to be pretty. It does not need to be effortless. It's going to be messy. And that's okay. Thank you so much for listening to The Tarot Diagnosis. For more tarot and mental health content, follow The Tarot Diagnosis on Instagram. You can also subscribe to the podcast so you never miss an episode and sign up to receive The Tarot Diagnosis emails where you'll have access to exclusive spreads and exciting announcements. To join an incredible community of tarot and psychology enthusiasts, join the Tarot Diagnosis membership community, The Symposium, by visiting thetarotdiagnosis.com. 